Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Uh, just to let you know, this podcast does contain explicit content. We have some pretty filthy fucking mouths and we talk about a lot of fucked up shit. So if that is something that you are into, please stay tuned. And if not, goodbye. Hey guys, first I just wanted to come on here and say thank you for joining Conspiracy. Um, however, today we are spilling some serious, dramatic, political tea, honey, and this might not be the episode for you if you are not into talking about politics or you don't like to hear what a liberal might have to say about a woman's body. I'm pretty sure we don't want you subscribing to this podcast anyways, so now might be a good time for you to turn it off. If you think you can handle women having opinions, we would love for you to join us on our next episode where we're probably not talking about politics anymore, but still talking about men. Thanks. If anybody, I would like to live. I just want to do God's will. disclaimer i just want to let you know before you get started in this episode we're going to be describing some pretty horrific events involving uh rape botched abortions and uh a woman's complete inability to control her body and we also if that's going to be triggering for you we completely understand we would love to have you listen to our next episode no judgment whatsoever also we would like to clarify that in this regard when we say women we do mean cisgender women but but we do understand there are other people who have the ability to bear children, and we, of course, want to be, include them as well. Future episodes will be more inclusive because we're not assholes. We're just women with opinions. Bye. Bye. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the first episode of Conspiracy. This is going to be our podcast where we spill the tea on conspiracies, murders, mysteries, true crime, paranormal, or any other spooky shit we find interesting. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Renee. We've also got Liz. Hi. And Katie. Hi. So we are three very smart, interesting, and cultured ladies living in the heart of the South, Atlanta, Georgia. And we all met at a very trendy Atlanta breakfast restaurant, 
and became close because of our love of the macabre, the mysterious, and the esoteric. We're not going to tell you where it was because they're Republican, but... Yes. Yeah, it was a great time. We're all very happy to be somewhere else now. Yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> lady as we're talking is Renee. She is a big lesbian, married to a hot lady named Kat, has cool dogs, lives in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> co-host is uh, Katie, who is part-time vegan, full-time earth mother. She has two fantastic children, um, very smart, very uh, very creative children. Uh, one of them is probably the cutest kid I've ever seen in my entire life. And her and her husband might be the coolest couple you'll ever meet in your entire life, if you're ever lucky enough to meet them. Oh. Oh. First crack. <laughs> <laughs> Liz is an amazing um, makeup artist, I guess that's what I could call her. She did my makeup for my wedding and did my hair, and I looked beautiful. Um, she is going to make an excellent wedding planner one day because she kicks ass at helping with almost everything. Um, yeah. She's beautiful. Oh yeah, that's and right. She, she, she's a cat lady. She's also got big dick Aries energy. So true. All Aries all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> it's true. I'll cut anyway. For our first episode, if you have been living under a rock for the past month, you might not know about all the incredibly fucked up restrictive laws that are passing all around this country, including in our own wonderful home state. Now, none of these laws take effect yet, but we all know the real reason they exist, and that is conservatives' fucked up way of trying to get Roe v. Wade eventually overturned, because now they have two additional conservative Supreme Court justices, one who is super open to overturning Roe v. Wade. So we wanted to go over um, what life was like before Roe v. Wade, what how women have had to deal with living in restrictive areas where abortion is not allowed, um, the laws that led up to Roe v. Wade, and the horrors that we could potentially look forward to if conservatives and the religious right actually have their way. So obviously we'll be spilling the tea on abortion today, but what y'all don't know is that every episode we will be brewing our own tea that correlates with what we're talking about. So today, in the Liz Cafe, we have made a red hibiscus lemon tea. I'll let you uh, go ahead and put two and two together there on my <laughs> So, should we cheers? Yes, let's cheers. Yes. <laughs> so, to start off, um, we're going to talk about the landmark court case that was Roe v. Wade. And if you're not familiar with what Roe v. Wade is... It was um, a decision that by the U.S. Supreme Court in which they ruled that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment provides a fundamental right to privacy that protects pregnant women's liberty to choose whether or not to have an abortion. And the 14th Amendment, just going to break that down a little bit. Um, No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens in the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And the case really focused around um, a woman named Norma McCorvey. McCorvey, I hope I'm saying that correctly. 
um, who later on went by the alias of Jane Roe. She found out she was pregnant with her third child in 1969 and wanted to obtain an illegal abortion within the state of Texas. She ended up catching a lot of attention and some attorneys caught wind of it and they ended up filing suit on behalf of Mick Cor- Corby and they were Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington. Now the defendant and the state was Dallas County District Attorney Henry Wade. He represented the state of Texas. And on June 17, 1970, a three-judge panel of district court unanimously declared the Texas law unconstitutional, and they found it violated the right to privacy found in the Ninth Amendment. The Supreme Court um, issued a 7-2 decision in favor of Roe, and they said that women in the United States had a fundamental right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. McCorvey, unfortunately, ended up giving birth before the case was decided. Um, so Roe v. Wade didn't really go into effect until 1973. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you have to wonder, well, what was happening before 1973? Um, and there's really not a lot about state-by-state abortion laws before Roe v. Wade. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I think the only place that was legal right before Roe v. Wade was New York, which basically, like, seems to have been the state that over and over is, like... The big and only state that's like, trying to fight <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. It's like the only state so well, moving on to body autonomy is fine. Oh, yes. I was going to say, I was going to say, or Colorado, but all they can care about is drugs. Yeah. It's true. Do you want to do Molly? Great. Do you want to mm-hmm. have someone name Molly? Too bad. Like, <laughs> it's fine. You don't get to choose. You have to. <laughs> um, but I did end up finding that um, Connecticut was the first state to criminalize abortion in 1821. And then by 1900, every state had abortion legislation. So there was a case um, in 1971 with another woman named Shirley Wheeler. Oh my gosh, Shirley's my queen. Like Shirley McLean? Yeah. I got so into her story. I was reading last night. I FaceTimed my mom. And I was like, Mom! Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm very excited. Okay, go on. Well, she was charged with man, uh, with manslaughter um, in the state of Florida after the hospital staff reported that she had done an illegal abortion. Mm. Illegal abortion. She was sentenced to two years of probation and she had to move back in with her parents in North Carolina. But because the Boston Women's Abortion Coalition backed her up and held a rally for her, they ended up overturning yes. um, the conviction. Right? Like, <clears throat> how dare she want to make her own choice for her own body? Not you have to. You're grounded. Shirley, you're grounded. Shirley, you're grounded. So let's uh, talk about the fun stuff that is the new abortion bills yes. that have been signed. And by January 1st, of 2020, they will hopefully not go into effect as laws. So um, let's start with, of course, our lovely home state of Georgia, the Georgia Heartbeat Bill, or HB 481. Please. Yes. Paul. (laughs) There's another name for it, the Living Infants Fairness and Equality, or LIFE, Act. Life for infants, but not for women. What is with Republicans? And what is that word I'm looking for? Oh, um, acronyms. Acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> what is with Republicans and acronyms? Because they 
And why are they all life and love? Oh, it's... How many L-I-F-E words can you put into getting people it's fucked? Live, uh, laugh, it's love. all legislators. <laughs> What's the, the L-L-L. The laugh bill. Um, it's all legislators. Do you remember the um, Democrats who did, like, the Russia bill? Oh, yeah. That, that was, was wild. That was funny, though. Yeah, or, like, the dare to not do drugs thing. Like, mm. what is with the conservative people? Oh, yeah. What does dare even stand for? Drugs are ridiculous, everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't even think... Did drugs ever go over that? Yeah, it was just like... Like, I know Scruff McGruff was there, right? And it was just, like, like dare not to do dope. Is it, like, decide, avoid, rationalize, do it anyway? <laughs> so, the bill basically says that life begins once the embryo or unborn child, because the now embryo fetus is considered a living human being if this bill is, you know, becomes a law. Um, once the heartbeat can be detected, which is about six weeks, um, you no longer will have the option of being able to terminate your pregnancy, which most women do not find out that they are pregnant until after six weeks. Right, um, like right at six weeks is when you normally right, start showing exactly. actual symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it just, it's taking a lot away from women who, sorry, this is 2019, we're not having sex to have babies anymore, and accidents happen. Right. And I'm sorry, the heartbeat at six weeks is like... No, not there. It's and like I don't think people understand exactly how small a six-week-old fetus is. Well, it's I, tiny. It's tiny. I mean, I can tell you. You guys can see. They I'm can, like really weird, and I have had two kids, and with each of my pregnancies, I found it like I I knew right away that I was pregnant after it happened, like right away both times. And with Rowan, I took a pregnancy test like three weeks after, and. I found out, I found out that I was pregnant. So when I had my first ultrasound, it was, um, I wasn't even, um, six weeks pregnant and they, I mean, seeing on the screen, it was like this big and it was a little She's tiny flicker. Like maybe the size of a popcorn kernel. It's, it's and like the if, size of a rice kernel. Yeah. If, oh, the, yeah. if yeah. the doctor had not told me that that was my baby's heartbeat, I was would have thought it was like a speck of dust on the screen, honestly. Also, do you know how many studies have come out since all this bullshit started happening where it's actually coming out that what you're hearing in the first trimester <clears throat> isn't a heartbeat? It's them forcing it so hard on your stomach to try and find something to show you. It's like the vibratos bouncing between your uterine walls. Oh, God. I mean, it makes a lot of sound when I put, my, when I put my head on Sean's stomach and it's just like... Oh. I mean, and they're like, we heard a Virgo, you're pregnant. Birth that I, taco I, child. That's a There's a difference, though, because I've been with my friends when they went to the doctor, and it was like they were 20-something weeks, and the heartbeat was clear as day, mm-hmm. like a oh, human yeah. heartbeat. But I also, I'm getting into this a little early, I've also had an abortion, so I've had them force me to listen to the heartbeat before they let me decide if I want to have an abortion or That's not. That's so fucked and up. And they had to press down on my stomach so hard to get something to show up, I cried. Like, it hurt so bad because I was so early. Mm-hmm. And they, like, wheeled it around and they were, it just sounded like you were throwing something down a hallway. Like, it didn't sound like a heartbeat, it just sounded like an echo. Like a clatter. Yeah. So it's like, how do we even know that that's a heartbeat? 
It doesn't even look like a fetus. It just looks like a bunch of cells. It doesn't sound like a heartbeat. It just sounds like an echo over and over from where they're rubbing the stuff on you. Mm -hmm. So, like, to call it a heartbeat bill is already overdramatic. I mean, it's incredibly it really it's incredibly unscientific, and I, and I believe that's already incredibly unscientific. What they're basically trying to get at, though, is that fetuses, um, like I said, are are going to be, they want to include them in the population. Like, are we going to take census of feline? That's what I'm asking. Like, there are, are they, like, during the census, like, are we going to, like, mark my unborn child in my stomach as a person already on this earth? Like, you got an insurance claim on it? Exactly. In the case that I probably will miscarry because you're going to force me to have a baby that I can't have. This is a quote that I found said, unborn children are a class of living, distinct person. They deserve full legal recognition. Uh, More so than the women who have them. Sorry. Literally. From from this, once the bill takes effect on January 1st, 2020, the state will be illegally holding thousands of citizens in jail without bond. Because of the women locked up who are pregnant. So what happens? Oh, yes. If they oh, are, my God. That's so... Yeah, yes. If they are considered part point. of the population, then mm-hmm. you are holding children in prison. Yeah, that's true. Right. The parts of the bill that... um. So let's talk about the consequences um, that would happen if this bill actually made it into a law. Um. Basically, they are wanting to punish women more than anything from all of this, and they want to put women away who illegally have abortions or self-terminate or even miscarry longer than they would put away a rapist. So it's pretty, it's pretty insane that they are wanting to go that route. Um, but women would essentially be um, committing murder, and the consequences for having an illegal abortion or self-termination would be life imprisonment or capital punishment. Do you know how expensive this is going to be? I just thought about this. If someone miscarries, they have said that it will be up to court to decide whether or not the person pregnant could have prevented that miscarriage. So it's going to literally cost doctors hours. You're going to have to retain a lawyer. You're going to have to sit in court and tell a bunch of people who do not have any business in your business why you miscarried a baby. And for some people, that's going to be so painful. Oh, my God. And then think about the fact that the doctors are going to have to take off work and sit in a courtroom and be like, this woman did not have the proper blood type compared to her partner's blood type to have a child, therefore the child died. Happened Liz and I both before. have an A-negative R-H negative. Um, yeah. factor. And you guys should have a baby and together. Uh, yes. If I had any sperms in her, I would. It um, basically means that if our, uh, our babies that we are pregnant with have a blood type other than um, A-negative, it could cause our body to go into, like, uh, basically wanting to abort the, the fetus because right. it sees it as uh, a, threat. An, a threat, mm-hmm. an attack, and an infection on the body. Yep. So our bodies could essentially just release it. I haven't told straightforward from my gynecologist that because I have O-negative blood and I'm a thick girl, 
I basically <laughs> have no hope in carrying a pregnancy to term, literally ever, unless I get a partner that is O negative blood, because I will get sepsis. It's just like a fact. I have oh, had wow. a miscarriage before, and that's exactly what happened. They said at about <clears throat> six to nine weeks that your body will realize, oh, there's a foreign object here? Goodbye. Bye. See you later. So for those people that don't know they're pregnant at six weeks, mm-hmm. their their fetus is just going to kill itself. Yeah. Or, you, you know, you're going to have a rash of women who wanted to be pregnant, wanted to have a baby, and something happens, and they end up miscarrying. And they and go then, to and be a bald man. Why they yes. are in court. Because they wanted to have a baby. Yeah, that's the, oh my God. the next thing that I was going to talk about was the miscarriage. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. Because <laughs> you just didn't you didn't say the one thing, which is what you would be charged with if it was a miscarriage. Oh, oh, it's um second degree murder, which is <gasps> ten, ten to thirty years in prison. Um, and this is all basically the prosecutors can just uh want to interrogate the women and. They can try to find evidence, and they can try and charge the woman and have a case against her. And it's, it is, and it sounds so much just like it's leaning more towards, like, The Handmaid's Spell. And it's Ugh. so scary it's because... It's show on Hulu. And it's not I can't, I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch I it. I had to stop I after season two because I was having nightmares. Do I just, I know the premise of it. And it's I just care. It's, it's a yeah. It's a real fear. But this is the thing. This is the this is what makes it almost seem like it's heading in that direction. I don't honestly, not I believe that it would. But they want so badly to save the woman. Like the only exceptions in a lot of these uh, bills that have been signed in the states is if it's a medical emergency deemed like that could cause harm to the woman then they would be okay with aborting the, the fetus. So it's it's just, you know, like in The Handmaid's Tale, they want good, fertile women. Can't have the good, fertile women dying now, can we? Yeah, but they nope. never cared about the ones that couldn't have babies or that were told they couldn't have babies. And there are so many people that can't use, like, really great forms of birth control. Right. Mm. And, like, think about women that are plus size, such as myself, <clears throat> that... Birth control only works if you're 180 pounds or lighter. Did anyone know that? No. I cannot, oh, my God. I cannot get the arm implant. I cannot get anything but a copper IUD what? or the pill. My body has rejected a copper IUD. Therefore, I have to take the pill. Also, fun fact, I overproduce acid in my body. I get, like, really bad acid reflux. So, fun fact, on the pill, if your body produces too much acidity... It will just dissolve the pill before it's had the chance to go through your system. Wow. I've talked to three doctors about getting my tube side for my own life. But it's like for your age of 25, you have to have permission, right? Right. And so my mom went with me to the first one, and they were like, well, what if she changes her mind? She just oh, doesn't know if she, what if her husband wants kids? No. She should probably find um, a nice little girl to have some babies with. But there's also. Other, I mean, if you wanted a baby, you can adopt. Yeah, there's adoption. Like, there's so here. many kids in foster exactly. care. Exactly. Which oh, we'll get to that. Them? No, so we, will get, we will get to that. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I talk about it. Let's, um, so another um, way that they're going to, of course, put the hammer down and, like, stop women from even seeking abortions elsewhere 
is you will also be charged with conspiracy to commit murder. And if you have someone help you either plan a trip or take you to another state, um, they will also be charged with conspiracy to murder. And that is a 10-year um, prison sentence. Wow. Which is, I mean, that gives no nothing for for people other than to basically i mean they can't they can't stop you from moving out of state you could easily pack your stuff up if you found out you were pregnant move out of state establish some residency for a while and then i mean especially in, in states like oregon and washington and new york where you can have an abortion um in later weeks like yeah that's essentially what we're gonna have to do and the fact that there mm-hmm. are facebook groups where you can like pretend like you're going on vacation right. And, like, here's X, Y, Z, what you should do. The fact that I wouldn't even be able to tell you guys if I were to get pregnant. Because I would be afraid that you guys would be charged with conspiracy. Yeah, you can't let anybody know. Because I don't want to have to have surgery. Mm -hmm. That's That's it. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely... It's wild. It's like Oregon Trail. But the Facebook groups are just, like, what, what... Basically, a new internet version of, like, what women had to do before Roe v. Wade, which we talked about a little bit before the podcast... Which is like ask Jane or ask for Jane, mm-hmm. and it was oh were you gonna, were you going to talk about that? No. Okay, no. I don't want to. Case like goddamn it. I know we can't let Katie finish. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, just want to talk about it real quick because well it, it's in this time period because it's like if you needed to have an abortion because it was illegal everywhere except New York City, um, you were just like call this number and one of the Janes because they were all named Jane. To, for anonymity purposes, would get back with you and, like, take you to get an abortion and you would just wouldn't be able to tell anybody. Right, and if they saw you on the street, then they'd be like, oh, this is my niece, such and such, or mm-hmm. this is my daughter or my friend's daughter. Like, we're just in town for the weekend. Yeah. And they would literally put girls under blankets in back seats and take them to, like, clinics. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just for the sake Fucked of them up. not going to prison. Mm-hmm. And they got arrested. They got arrested, like, right before, in, like, 72, they got arrested right before Roe v. Wade went into effect, um, and then they all got released after it was passed because, you know, like, you can't hold them anymore. So, just wanted to mention them at some point during this okay, podcast. we're gonna but, let Katie finish. Okay. I mean, it's fine. I love what you're talking about, though, and I'm I know, learning I'm so, so much. Same. I'm learning so much. I had no idea about the, like... I don't remember anything. I yeah, I just didn't know... I had no idea about the privacy thing. I didn't... I guess I I didn't realize it was like a privacy thing. Yeah, like it was like it's women have a right to privacy, yeah. so they can have the right to choose what's done with their bodies. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. And now we don't have our rights to privacy. No. no. <laughs> but there are some exceptions to this law, this bill. Oh my god, I can't call. <laughs> um, <clears throat> rape or incest are an exception, as long as you file a police report, which means. <clears throat> A twelve-year-old girl gets raped and gets pregnant by her rapist. And they expect her to tell her parents what happened and go file that a night. report. It has to be in a certain amount. It, of time yeah, too. I think I think I read it's like seventy-two hours. Yeah, and twelve-year-olds, you know, are still in that like very mindset of if someone threatens them and says, "If you tell anybody, I'm going to kill you," they're going to think that that's the truth. So, imagine a 12-year-old getting raped, getting pregnant, and... Also, well, she's not going to find out she's uh, pregnant right away, so... There goes the 72-hour window. It's fine. Um, Also, medical emergencies involving the life of mother or the impairment of a major bodily function is an exception. 
Um, but a woman's mental or emotional state or threats of suicide are not um, seen as an emergency to abort a baby. So wow, yes. They know if the mom kills herself, the baby dies too, right? They would probably still try and charge. So um, I'm also going to read this quote from our lovely uh, governor Brian Kemp. Which also, we three, we didn't mention this, but we definitely went to the Atlanta we did. March it for was Women's amazing. Rights. It was amazing. It was amazing. So it was many wonderful. amazing, beautiful people there. And there I was were like 10,000 people there. I was so, so happy with the turnout from the mm-hmm. men. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was a huge so show. Yes. many humans thank you, thank you, to support thank you. other humans. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. With which we all shouted, fuck Brian Kemp, over and over. On the line of the Capitol. I insert a uh, video clip, an audio clip, correct? Yes. I don't know why I said a video. It's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we're going to insert an audio clip of that <clears throat> march as well. Oh, yeah, because we got lots of video from it. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. This is nice. Yes. So, um, Brian Kemp was quoted as saying, Our job is to do what is right, not what is easy. We are called to be strong and courageous, and we will not back down. That's a direct Mm. Bible quote. I hope you know. I went to private school for Mm -hmm. 15 years. I've never been to public school. Awkward. And literally, I forget what verse it is. It's probably tattooed on one of my friends from high school. It says, be strong and courageous in the Lord, for this is our sovereign duty. <clears throat> so he's literally not. Well, it just, it just, it, 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 it what, what surprised me is, is all the we's. The we's. Like, we's. like yeah. there's no we yes, in there's this. no we. Yeah, who, who's we? To stand together, yeah, but like, it's everyone for themselves. This is not a team effort with you. So, um, the next thing I'm going to kind of go over, um, are uh, some other state laws, including our lovely neighboring state of good old Alabama. They call theirs the Human Life Protection Act. Oh, that's not an so acronym. Dramatic. And it goes directly after Roe v. Wade. It would ban nearly all abortions and make performing the procedure a felony punishable by up to 99 years in prison. 99 years? And it's not the women. It would be the healthcare providers. Um, what? Who would be performing these abortions that would be the ones being locked up. Mm-hmm. That is how you know it's directly yes. after Roe v. Wade. Yes. Because oh, yeah. Roe v. Wade was like to help oh, yeah. everyone in the situation. And the, wor- the, the biggest thing is there's no exception to rape or incest. Mm-hmm. And that this, is insane. Which it's... Yeah. Um, that just blows my mind. There's no exception. No exception. No exception. Because they say even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't start well, it can still end well. That's because Alabama's made up of incest. That's my thing. Like you get me fun of so much persons. for incestuous relationships, which are proven. I'm not being rude. It's yeah. saying that's that, like, that's not an exception to for someone to have an abortion. Yeah. That's. Just holding true your the incest like whole yes whatever you want to yeah, call it. Alabama has always been a meme, but now it's like a true, real. I mean, they're 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 going back so far, mm-hmm. and so then um so a few other states, uh, Missouri and Ohio have uh signed bills for banning abortion. Missouri week eight weeks into pregnancy, and Ohio six weeks. Um, into pregnancy after conception. Now, Mississippi tried to um, have a bill passed banning abortions six weeks 
after conception, but a federal judge actually blocked that. Um, I was so happy when I saw that. So that's a big... Nice. That's, that's good. But um, going back to Ohio, there was recently an 11-year-old girl who was actually, like, raped multiple times by a 26-year-old man. Um, mm. And she ended up becoming pregnant. Um, so under the new law in Ohio, she would not be able to have an abortion. Now, that the law doesn't go into effect until next year. So she's able to do it, but it's it, it kind of brings light to the fact that if this was to happen mm-hmm. next year after and this actually became a law, then 11-year-old girls would be going around... Like, not going around, but if they were raped, they would have to carry their rapist babies if they got pregnant. And it's just... Or if someone helped him, what would happen to her? Exactly. Would she go to juvie, or would her guardians go to That's a good question. Like, what is happening? Oh, they're probably trying to prioritize as an adult. Well, no, if a child's under 16, and I think it's like 40 states, you can't charge them as an adult. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't. So it's a good question to see, to to know like what would happen to someone under the age of sixteen if they got an illegal abortion, especially in states like Georgia, which are so would they try to ho- would they put them in juvie and then send them to prison? Exactly, like, it's gonna happen because Georgia, Atlanta alone has millions and millions of people. Or they're just mm-hmm. gonna start sending us women who don't want our babies away to those to the houses where they used to send women. They're going to send us away to all have our babies, our unwanted pregnancies. Yes, there's, um... It doesn't sound like real life. It doesn't. doesn't. No, (laughs) it really... And all of the (laughs) unwanted pregnancies that are going to happen are going to bring into, um... So all these unwanted pregnancies are going to bring, um, more children into, you know, the foster care system or even more horrible things to happen to them. Um, because young girls who have babies, I mean, there have been tons of teenage girls who have killed their babies because they didn't want them. But it's, I found this quote from Ohio's governor um, that says, the essential function of government is to protect the most vulnerable among us, those who don't have a voice. Government's role should be to protect life from the beginning to the end. So from the beginning to the end, which I'm just going to, I did a little research um, back into the foster care system. On any given day, there are nearly 443,000 children in the foster care system. So, caring from these lives from the beginning to the end, do they really care about the children that are in our foster care system? Yeah, what about from ages 6 to 40? I mean, it's insane. (laughs) And in 2017, the number was up to 690,000 kids in the foster care system. That is insane. I literally have to stop right now. So, you... Saying that... Banning abortions is, I mean, it's not going to stop sex. It's not going to, it's not going to stop women from having sex. I don't, it's, it's just going to build your population even more Mm -hmm. and cause our foster care system to get even more fucked up because that's so messed up. Like the entire system is just jank. And it's going to cause. Think about the job loss because women have to quit their jobs to stay home. Yeah. Or try and find someone that... That's what they want to get to. Women shouldn't be working now. And um, that's kind of where things are. We um, progressed, you know, 1973 with Roe v. Wade. Um, And now it's just... We're going back in time, which is... Very bizarre. Yeah, it really doesn't feel real. It doesn't. Yeah. Time travel is supposed to be way more fun than this. <laughs> I know.
right, well, I guess what Katie had to talk about kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about. Um, and that is exactly where we came from. So I'm going to tell you guys lots of fun stories about what it was like before we got rights. And um, now we're losing them. So, but yeah, we are going to talk about what happened before Roe v. Wade was legal. Most of these stories are right before Roe v. Wade or in the 60s, which when you think about it, these women are still alive. Like mm-hmm. these articles... I was reading, they were just interviewed, like, last month when all this stuff started happening. So it's like there are people among us, including my mom and my grandma, who were alive before it was, like, legal to have rights to your own privacy and your own body. And I think that that is nuts. So that pretty much just, like, shook me to Mm -hmm. my core, like, that that is a real thing that people have already been through in our lifetime. Because those people are still alive. Like, how are we going backwards mm-hmm. so fast? Like, we literally just... It feels like we just got these rights. So, I'm going to start with a story I read in a Rolling Stone article. And I think I'm just going to read it. Because I feel like it's better in their words than it is mm-hmm. in mine. Because it's their story, not mine. So. So, it says, This was 1970. I knew abortion was illegal. I knew I had to find somebody that had connections to the underground. I had met a guy at a party and I dated him a little bit who seemed like he might have a kind of connection. A lot of friends who were in the fast crowd, a little shady and living on the edge. He said he would make the arrangements. I had to come up with $400, which was a lot of money in 1970, especially working part-time, making $70 a week. I approached the guy that I had slept with and told him what had happened. He was sort of flabbergasted, didn't really want to have anything to do with it. Okay, here's some money, go away, don't call me again. I think he paid half, as I remember. I didn't really know him that well. I was just kind of being wild and crazy at the time, and when you're 20 and young and invincible, things happen that you don't expect. I really want to know what she looks like. Mm -hmm. Just a side note, because I love the way she writes, she's so cute. Anyways, Renee, get that out. (laughs) It took me a couple weeks to get the money together, but I did it. The next thing I know, I was riding in the back seat of this car in the middle of the night. It was pitch black. I didn't know where we were going. It felt like we drove forever. We finally got to this rundown motel. I don't know where it was. I don't think they wanted me to know, but I know I was in the car for a long time. It was one of those country motels that are all on one floor kind of a run-down place out in the boondocks. They escorted me into the room and introduced me to another man that they said was a doctor. He was not a doctor. I was terrified, really scared. I knew that I had to do this. I just wanted to get it over with. It was like, here's a doctor, lie down on the bed, spread your legs. And I just followed instructions. The procedure, which I've learned more about since then, was not really an abortion. It was an induced miscarriage. They inserted a foreign object into the uterus, a long rubber tube I found out afterwards, much like a water hose, and I had to leave it in for weeks. I don't remember if it fell out or if I had to take it out. I wasn't sure if it was going to take. Then it finally happened. I was on the toilet. I flushed down whatever unrecognizable tissue there was. It was somewhat painful to think about what I'd done, but I just knew there was no other choice. 
I tried not to dwell on it too much, just kept on with my life. I had some complications, bleeding that wouldn't stop, hemorrhaging. So eventually I had to go to a gynecologist who reprimanded me and told me that I was lucky to be alive, put a sign outside of my room that said, incomplete abortion. I remember feeling shameful at the time, but I also think I was mad at him for his attitude. Like, you have no idea, you will never go through this. And that was the end of it. My life went on. I was married a year later. Roe v. Wade was decided a couple of years after that. I was sort of oblivious to politics at the time. I was just trying to keep my nose to the ground. But I remember being really excited that it was finally resolved and other women wouldn't go through what I had to go through. So, oh my god, yeah, no, I'm crying a little bit. Jesus. Yeah, it was really hard. Like, it's not a joke. People think that women are being so dramatic, but that was literally two years before it became legal yeah. to have rights to your own body, and she's still riding in the backseat of a car not knowing in where a, she's going. At a motel. At she's a someone motel. She's not a doctor, and they put a water hose inside of her. Oh my god. Because she couldn't get anyone with a license to help her. And then when they had to help her, they shamed her. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And, like, she does have a right to should be upset about the way he acted because it's not something he's ever going to have to go through. Like, it's not a pain he's ever going to have to also, go through. And it's also, they get sworn into oath that they won't do exactly that when they become doctors mm-hmm. and they drive their Porsches. Mm-hmm. And that could be anyone that we know after this. Like, if yeah. you think about it. Like, it could be 2021 and people are, like, Hiding in trunks of cars trying to get to Canada. Except we're at the dark web now. You can search dark web for illegal abortions, probably. I love the dark web. Renee, cut that out. Scares. Maybe not. Renee, keep that in. I love the dark web. Uh. (laughs) Uh. Yep, that's our real life now. So let's just keep Mm. the good times rolling. I'm going to read another one from a teenager in Mexico. So this one's like a more current story. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So this kind of ties into what you're going to talk about, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, I couldn't not read it. No, I you're fine because I only 16. touch on that stuff very shortly because it is horrific. Yeah, she's 16, and I got this one from shoutyourabortion.com, mm. and I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but if you guys ever want to educate yourself on the good that bodily autonomy can do for anyone that is pregnant. Please go to shoutyourabortion.com. You can write your own story. You can publish the stories. You can publish them anonymously. Um, You can read just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of abortion stories before Roe v. Wade, during Roe v. Wade, after in foreign countries, and they'll translate it for you too. So it's really cool. Oh, that's cool. It's a really cool website. Oh, that's such a, yeah, that's cool. Shout out. Okay, so like I said, this girl is 16, and she lives in Mexico, and she wrote this herself. Mm. Anyone who opposes abortion access should know what it's like to have an illegal abortion. They should know that criminalizing abortion doesn't stop people from having them. It only makes it more dangerous. I grew up in Mexico, where abortion is illegal and very stigmatized. When I was 15, I was sexually assaulted by a family member and became pregnant. My body became numb when the nurse told me I was pregnant. It just didn't feel real. I didn't know what to do or who to talk to. All I wanted was to finish high school and get a college degree. But most importantly, I did not want to have a child from my rapist family member. Wow. Mm -hmm. Let me just take a second there. I knew abortion wasn't legal, but that didn't stop me. I searched the internet and found an unlicensed provider who was willing to help me. 
I did anything I could to raise the money for my procedures. I sang in buses and cleaned people's houses for almost three months. On the day of the procedure, the provider asked me if I wanted to call someone before he began. You may want to call someone just in case you don't wake up. I called my grandma to tell her how much I loved her. I was terrified, but I decided to have the procedure anyway. Although I was sedated, I ended up waking up towards the end of the procedure. It felt like my insides were burning. I thought I wasn't going to make it. After everything was done, I was just sent home to recover alone. Later that night, I was taken to the emergency room by a neighbor due to a severe uterine infection with a high fever and a hemorrhage. The abortion was dangerous, and I nearly died because it had to be done secretly without the pro proper safety precautions. Sorry, just trying not to cry. It's fine. <laughs> After my recovery, I decided to move to the U.S. to finish my education. Shortly after moving, I learned that Wisconsin has one of the toughest abortion laws in the country, so I decided to start volunteering at Planned Parenthood with my friends. I wasn't familiar with Planned Parenthood at the time, but I knew I wanted to be an advocate for reproductive justice. Oh that's my a, that's, god! Uh, so horrific. That you might not wake up from this procedure, so you need to call someone. Not like <sighs> it's some right, but to just basically, to bye, I love you. Yes, yeah, and that's not that's. I mean, is that is that what they say now when you have an abortion legally in doctors' um, offices? I, mean, I had an abortion four years ago in Atlanta. Um, also, they threw rocks at me, so there's that. Um, <laughs> not only do they not let anyone come in the room with you, you can't call anyone. When they lie you down, they force you to have an ultrasound. You cannot pay for your abortion until you've had an ultrasound. They force you to look at the picture. They force you to listen to the heartbeat, and they ask you, while you're half naked in a room full of people, if you want to go through with this. Jesus. And then you put your clothes back on. No, I did this in Buckhead somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, then they make you put your clothes back on, go out back into the waiting room where all the other people are sitting there staring at you, pay for your abortion. With no tact, they don't, they're, they just, like, yell it to you. Like, for me, they were like, okay, yours is going to be X amount of dollars because you weigh this much, you have oh, negative blood, you have to have an extra stop in your cervix, do you want to be put out or no? Do you have someone here to drive you or no? And then that's it. Then they just send you back. Then I woke up five minutes later and I had a cracker in my hand. And that's it. So. Well, at least they gave you a cracker. <laughs> you got <laughs> You get like the smallest bit of decency they give to people who donate blood. But yeah, that story was it's like it's so applicable to what Katie was talking about and what Renee's gonna talk about mm -hmm. and what we're all going through right now. She's underage. She mm -hmm. was raped. It was incestuous rape. She had an emergency, had to go to the hospital and get it taken care of. Moved to America. For brighter opportunity, and look at where we're and at. look at where she is. Yeah, forced to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing that she said was, "Laws don't stop abortions from happening; they just stop safe abortions from happening." Yeah, that's exactly that's what true. it comes down to. People will still end up in hospitals or being too afraid to go to the hospital with abortion complications and dying, and that's literally insane. It's, it's insane. They have to sit at home. Some women would rather sit at home and die 
then put their partners and doctors and family, you know, mm-hmm. like just on the chopping block. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Women, women and men and doctors will be self sacrificing their licenses and their freedom. For abortion. Yes. But also going back to the story before Roe v. Wade, you know, yeah. that was before we had internet and all this technology. Just imagine, like I said, how many people are going to be going in on the internet and and claiming to be doctors or claiming... I mean, people already falsify being a doctor now. Yes. And it's, it's going to just be a bigger, yeah. you know, thing that people can do to scam people, to, mm-hmm. you know just fucked up people who maybe just want to do something really fucked up and kill people there's your excuse she literally said that first story she was at a party she was sleeping with a guy that ran with a fast crowd she thought he might have a connection he said he had a connection and then she's in a hotel dining room table yeah that's just that's exactly what's gonna happen people are gonna go on the dark web or craigslist or it's gonna be some code on reddit Mm -hmm. And people are going to be going to houses from, like, retired doctors, maybe plastic surgeons, maybe Mm -hmm. people that won't directly be affected but are retired, or doctors that have lost their licenses and are creepy, or Mm. just predators. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hi, here's a water hose. Congrats, you're not pregnant. And, like, that first story shocked me because I knew people would do like, the self-inflicted abortions, but I didn't know people were shoving tubes up their vaginas and leaving them for weeks. That is just so unsanitary. So unsanitary. That's what a lot of women had to do. Yeah, that's... it's. And I also read... Well, actually, I'm going to get into it now. So, um, I actually overheard someone say the other day that coat hanger abortions are dramatic and that they actually didn't happen. No one used coat hangers. Why do we call it coat hangers? (laughs) X, Y, Z, dot, dot, dot. Well, here's something to tell you that that is bullshit. Women were forced to use all kinds of methods. Abortion from doctors when it was still illegal were only for the rich. Or if you were middle class and you were savvy enough to go to Chicago, go to New York, have a connection like the girl in the first story. For others, however, women are resorting to self-abortions, the most notable tactic being a coat hanger-induced abortion. But desperate women were willing to try anything. So while coat hanger abortion is the term... It's not necessarily what they use. Coat hangers were actually pretty few and far between, I found out. Mm -hmm. How many people have abusive partners that mistreat their children for them? Which, oh my god, what if the woman doesn't even, like, what if it's not her fault at all? Like, what if her husband pushes her down the stairs, she's pregnant and miscarries, and she... Because she's gonna go for it. Of course, because here we go, because they probably may not believe the woman that she's being abused, because maybe Mm -hmm. she never told anybody, because that's what her system is. And so these asshole men are gonna be running around here just doing it while this woman could potentially be in prison for... Ten no years. reason other than her husband's a jackass and pushed her down the stairs. Exactly. Which, yes, that sounds a little extreme, but it could happen. It happens. It happens, it happens in Lifetime movies, it could, so it happens Oh, anywhere. my God, Lifetime movies. I hate <laughs> this. Well, do you know how many Lifetime movies, like, storylines there are of women getting punched in the stomach or, like, pistol whipped in yes. the stomach or, like, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. I have not seen it. Justin. Pistol whipped. What is it? Wasn't that, like, didn't Usher joke about that in one of his songs yes. in, like, the early 2000s? Yes. yes, Like, he didn't joke, but he was basically saying, like, what am I going to have to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. Yes, push you down yeah. the stairs. Awkward. Gotta love Georgia. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, they did use coat hangers, but people use medical stuff, like catheters, 
um, that they would steal from like pharmacies, all kinds of stuff. Uh, rubber covered wires, pens, cotton, gauze, pencils. Um, apparently there are people who tried to use Coke bottles. People were pouring Clorox in their vagina. Oh my god. That I do know about. Um, there were Clorox pills that were salt. sold in like um, pairs. Um, and I don't know what exact pills they were. I think they're not really allowed to tell you anymore because they were just guaranteed if you put these pills in your vagina, they will burn through the tissue. Oh, God! Oh, and I could not find a single article that would tell me the name of them. It was really weird. Um, so... But yeah, so I probably read 300 or 400 abortion stories. Um, so... This was a really fun first episode. It was very <laughs> lighthearted. I spent all week crying, oh, basically. God. Um, but I didn't want to tell you guys because I didn't want to spoil the authenticity of the surprise. So it was a really rough week for me, especially being someone that's had a miscarriage and an abortion. It was uh, tough. So probably the one that I found the most harrowing came from an article I read on Vice.com. My favorite, not news, news source. I love it so much. I love Vice. Yeah, it's so awesome. They're the best TV channel, too. So this girl wrote in. Her name is Judy. She is 62 currently. She had an abortion in New York, 1968. She titled her story, I Was Lying in a Pool of Blood. Um, she starts off, if I cry, I'm not sorry, because this is terrible. When I was 16, I had an illegal abortion. I wasn't really aware of what sex was, and I can finally say this now at 62. I was raped by one of my parents' best friends. I had an older friend who was in college at the time, and I went to him and I said, I feel lousy. And he said, maybe you're pregnant. Why don't you put some urine in a cup, give it to me, I'll give it to my girlfriend, and she'll take it to the college clinic. Because in those days, to find out if you were pregnant, you couldn't go to the drugstore and pick up a test. You had to go to the doctor, and my parents were doctors. I lived in a very small town in Bergen County, New Jersey. I would certainly not want my parents to know. My friend gave his girlfriend my urine. She took my urine to the clinic, and the test was positive. I was devastated. I knew that I did not want to continue the pregnancy. I never wanted my parents to find out what their friend had done. I went to my friend and he said he would help me in any way he possibly could. I got his girlfriend's ID so I could pretend to be much older than I was and he got the money for me, which I think was $250 at the time. Dave wasn't allowed to come with me all the way into the apartment where I got my abortion. Apartment. I'm just going to repeat that. She got her abortion in an apartment. But he took me up to the building. I was very scared, but this was my only choice. I walked up to the staircase and knocked on the door that I was told was the apartment, and this guy is wearing a kitchen apron. He says, give me the money, and I hand him the money, and then he hits me. He punches me in the face, and I black out. When I woke up, I was in a lot of pain. I was lying in a pool of blood, and the guy wasn't there anymore. My blood was in the kitchen sink, and there was gauze everywhere. I gathered myself together and got down the stairs, fell down the stairs, and luckily he was still sitting outside and took me to the hospital. I had his girlfriend's ID with me, so I had to keep remembering that I was her, not me. 
When I got to the emergency room, they knew right away that I had had a botched abortion and everybody was very angry at me, yelling at the top of their lungs. There were a couple nurses crying, but they ran away. It seemed the whole hospital was yelling at me that I had done a bad thing and I was going to die and they were going to try and help me, but they were not happy about my being there, but that I would be just fine and that they would pray for my baby. And that's the end of her story. Fuck. She wanted to add at the end that she has three children now. And one of her children has already had an abortion and she took her to Planned Parenthood and held her hand the whole time. Oh my god. See, the wonder of having children when you're ready with somebody who you consensually have them with and they're wanted and... They're not your parents' friends, and you're not a. Child. It's yeah. just once again the scrutiny that she had to go through just to, I mean, God, she's almost dead, and they're basically saying we're gonna do what we can, but if you die, it's your fault. And this right. dude doesn't and have anesthesia, so you just punches idiot. her in the and face. Yeah, knocks her out. Obviously, what did her friend think though? Like, did he know that was gonna happen? I don't know. She didn't say anything, but she, all she said was all he said was that his girlfriend worked at the clinic, the college clinic. And she knew of a guy that did all the abortions for the people on campus. That's all she said. So, like, I think they knew going into it that he wasn't a doctor, and that's why he waited outside the whole time. Mm. But, like, let's either that or tell your doctor parents. Yeah, right. Or if you have to you have the child. Yeah. As a child. I wonder if she had actually told them if she would have told them who impregnated her. I don't know. She, didn't want, she, she said she didn't want them to so know. know. Her parents were dead, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, that's, God. Just shitty and so awful. And that's, that's less than 10 years before Roe v. Wade. I mean, that's less than five years before Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. And just after everything she went through, she still has to deal with her parents' friend for the rest of his life. adult life, yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. And you know what's crazy is I didn't, I obviously didn't have time to read every single story nor the emotional stability, but they literally all ended in either shame from the parents or shame from the hospital. Yes. Every single one. There were multiples I read, like the one in Mexico where they put the sign outside saying illegal or botched abortion or incomplete abortion or one girl had the the nurse put a sign on her literal hospital gown that said botched abortion. So, and that was just right before Roe v. Wade. So I think Renee is going to tell us about what is happening currently in other countries where Mm -hmm. it is already completely illegal and frowned upon to have abortions, such as Mexico. Yes. Which I think I already touched on a little. And some other countries where it was illegal. So someone reached out to us on Instagram. Our Instagram is conspiracypodcastatl, like conspiracy, but T-E-A-A-T-L. And... They said that they wanted to send us self-defense weapons if we would talk about them on our podcast. Oh, good. We literally have a sponsor, and we haven't even published oh, yes. our first episode yet. So what's their name? I'm not going to tell you yet. Oh, <laughs> we have a potential <laughs> sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Send us the money, and we'll say their name. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell them who you are. You're <laughs> See, now I can't cut it out because it's so good. <laughs> okay. 
so we have gone over the laws regarding abortion, uh, Roe v. Wade specifically, and some of the recent shitty ones. And we've also talked about what life was like before abortion. So what I want to go over is kind of what our future could look like if the conservative and religious right have their way. So the idea of living in an America where abortion is illegal isn't the stuff of, specifically the stuff of speculative dystopian fiction like Handmaid's Tale. Um, to get an idea of what Americans would experience, all you have to do is look at the multitude of countries that have outlawed abortion, like Colombia, Chile, Romania, and, as Liz said, and Katie, pre-1973 United States. So the first example I want to talk about is not a country that currently outlaws abortion, but they're talking about doing it again, and they did outlaw it for almost 30 years? A little over 30 years. Or no, a little over 20 years. And the results were disastrous. So that country is Romania. In 1966, the leader of Romania, whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce because it's got a lot of vowel consonant combinations that don't make sense to me. It's very throaty, I'm sure. I thought you said grody. Don't even try. I don't even have, I did not even write it down. It's not even in my notes. Yeah, I wanted to it's not even in my notes. His la- I thought you said his name was Grody. Ah! Jody Grody. Jody Grody, the leader of Romania. <laughs> because she's never been kissed, so nobody else could either. Um, no, his last name is like, it's like C-O-A-U-S-C-E, Maybe. Something like that. that I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure somebody will correct us. Anyways, Probably. he, in 1966, he outlawed abortion and contraceptive oh. in the entire oh. country. Okay. Abortion what? and contraceptive were completely outlawed. They were halfway there. <laughs> right? Um, he, the goal was to increase the Romanian population. So it was kind of like, we need more people, so y'all get to fucking. Um, of course, this worked in the short term. Um, I think the number of like children per family grew from like 2.6 to like like six point something what? within a year. Yeah, because wealthier women hadn't yet found a way to circumvent the laws. Because like we've talked about already, both of y'all have talked about, wealthy women will always find a way to get an abortion. Like that. I don't know if y'all read or pay attention to Lindy West. She's one of my favorite female writers and uh, talking head of all time and she was recently on the daily show i think talking about the abortion laws and one of her points was these laws are going to impact low-income women because right. wealthy women are always going to find a way to have an abortion they're always going to have the money to do it and the connections because these politicians mm-hmm. mistresses who they knock up they will always be able to have abortions because we know you ain't gonna let that little baby come out hell no no you're not and that's what happened in Romania. What just happened to my voice? <laughs> it was uh. hot. It was hot. I liked it. Ah. <laughs> um, low-income women, though, were fucked because they didn't have the resources that wealthier women had. So they were forced to go through the illegal back-alley abortions like Liz just talked about. So as a result, this is the number we know. 10,000 women died between 1966 and 1989 from botched abortions 10,000 and those are only the ones we know about because anyone caught assisting a woman with an abortion would face imprisonment so there are so that number could be so much higher 
But it's just because if you, if a woman died and it was because you were helping her have an abortion, you just had to make up something different. And beyond that, maternal mortality skyrocketed between 66 and 89. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because now suddenly women who are struggle with pregnancy didn't have a choice to not do it. And we haven't mentioned this yet, but it is kind of ironic that Alabama signed their extremely restrictive abortion ban when they have one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the entire country. That's insane. Yes. Yeah, it, it is insane. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and if it's not obvious, an unwanted fetus doesn't become a wanted child once they're born. Like, of course, it can happen, and there are situations where it happens, but that's not the norm. When communism collapsed in 1989, the abortion ban was overturned, and there were over 170,000 children living in dirty orphanages. Um, these children were beaten, abused, and often even shackled to their metal bed frames. And just in case you want a happy ending to it, um, in 2000, these specific children were psychologically evaluated to see if there were any lasting effects from their time in the Romanian orphanages, and many were left with severe developmental impairment and mental health issues. And for some, this, their time in the orphanage even had a literal physical impact on the size of their brains. So that's you're not just going to magically create happy families by forcing people to have unwanted pregnancies. You're going to just fill up orphanages and have people who can't take care of this number of children. Right. You're literally creating serial killers. People want to yeah. know, how do we get serial killers? Well, people send to our podcast and find out. <laughs> but also, this. This is how this, you get this. serial you have killers. A, yes, this is how you make Carl Panzram. Literally. Do you Romania? Oh, God, Yes. So the abortion ban was dropped when communism collapsed in Romania, but there is an orthodox contingent there trying to bring it back, but because there are too many people who remember the absolute raw horror of living under this total abortion ban, it is thankfully very unlikely to pass. So speaking of religion, um, as Liz touched on some, the prevalence, of, the prevalence of Catholicism in Latin American countries has led to a number of countries where abortion is either extremely restricted or outlawed completely. Uh, Mexico is one of them. Every year, every year, around 760,000 women in the Central and South American region are hospitalized with complications from unsafe abortions. Oh, Jesus. Just gosh. like, just Jeez. think about that. Just think about that. And that's not even like a ton. No countries like we're literally talking like Central and South America. That's like the size of America. And uh, roughly nine hundred of these women die every single year. Every that's single just year. The ones that make it to the hospital. Yeah, that's just the ones that make it to the hospital and don't die in somebody's apartment or an abandoned hotel or, or the back of somebody's sedan. Yeah, or tries to do it themselves. And there's also um, there's a rising trend in the use of a drug. Which I'm probably going to pronounce wrong, and I'm going to say it about 20 times in the next two minutes, so I'm going to pronounce it wrong every single time. So just get mad at me now and die mad about it. Um, there's a rising trend in the use of misoprostol, um, because it's a more clandestine way of ending a pregnancy, because you don't have to shove a hanger up your uterus, you know, you don't have to trust some shady guy with a kitchen apron on in a hotel building, like... And it's also fairly easy to acquire because you can get it online. And, it, you know, it's a safer alternative to these, but it's you can get a hold of it in the United States. It's not legal, 
but you can get a hold of it in Mexican pharmacies and you can obviously order it over the internet. Um, it's often used in states in America right now where abortion is nearly inaccessible. States like, I think, Texas, where they have one Planned Parenthood in the entire state. So it's a lot easier to order an abortion pill online than drive across state lines or pay hundreds of dollars. Um, just because you can get it on your own, though, doesn't mean it's safe. It absolutely does not mean it's safe. First of all, you're ordering it online, and there are women who have thought they were taking it, and it ended up being a different drug or hurting them even worse. Um, taking matters into your own hands with a medical procedure is never a good idea. You would never take your own appendix out. You would never give yourself a root canal. No person should ever have to give themselves an abortion. And if complications arise, we're specifically talking in America right now, women can face charges of feticide or violating laws requiring an abortion to be provided by a physician. Yes, that's a thing that can happen to you today in America. In fact, it recently happened to a 20-year-old woman in Indiana named Pervy Patel. She received a 20-year sentence when she began experiencing excessive bleeding during a self-induced abortion. She was charged with feticide and neglecting a dependent. What? And this is despite abortion being legal in Indiana. Then do what? Know what? Where Why? Indiana? Hmm? Do we know where um, I don't specifically know, like, what city. That's crazy. I'm That's from Indiana. <laughs> also, for those of you who don't know, if you thought Trump was scary, my guess mm. is Trump with a college degree. Oh, God, yeah. And um, was my governor when I lived in Indiana the entire time. Jesus. And it was the scariest thing that I've ever lived in. Ugh. And I can't <laughs> believe that while he's gone, this is still happening. Yeah, this is still. it is legal there. Yeah, it's I legal there. I have had abortions. But, Wait, but so because it was a self-induced abortion, yes, and there were complications. There, are com- so basically all the stories I read. Yeah, so there were complications. She went to the doctor and she got charged with feticide. Twenty years. Twenty oh years, my but God. but they, this time when I say if you want a happy ending, there is one because she appealed the sentence and only served about a year and a half. But Even but just like half, the though. fact that they charged her with such a ridiculous sentence shows the real consequences. Feticide. Feticide. So basically, the crime, the crime, like most things, it does have like roots in, like it does have a good reason for existing. Like especially when abortion became more restrictive, laws, particularly pertaining to feticide, were put into place. Heaven forbid, you know, you're dating an abusive guy. And you get pregnant, and you're like, I want to have this baby. I'm very happy with it. And he's like, no, you're not. And then he pushes you on a flight of stairs. He can get charged with feticide. So it's to prevent those things where, like, it's to protect the life of the mother and the child. Except in the state of Georgia, yeah. To protect the life of the baby and the mother. You know, it does have, there's a good reason for it existing, but it has been manipulated. So that... If you try and terminate a pregnancy on your own, they can charge you with feticide. And they can also charge you with, oh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, they can charge you with violating a law that requires an abor- abortion to be provided by a physician. So you can get double whammy by that if you live in an extremely restrictive state or you can't afford. Like people, I would, people think that abortion, like, oh, I'm bored and slightly pregnant I guess I'll go have me an abortion <laughs> those things cost money like so the stories expensive. you read they're expensive so expensive they're expensive like, I, I don't know, I keep talking about it. like me mm-hmm. 
My abortion was a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. That's insane. Where my friends are like five hundred to six hundred, but mine was a thousand. Five hundred to six hundred is still like like yeah, if that's a lot. You know I don't know a ton that's about this personal woman. Like, yeah, and that's with fucking insurance. But, like, if you don't have the money to drop 600 to to $1,000 on an abortion, and, or you live in an extremely restrictive state, or a combination thereof, and you try and do it yourself, because it's a lot cheaper to get misoprostol off of the internet mm-hmm. than to deal with all of this shit, then you can literally spend 20 to 30 years in jail. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, But it shows the real consequences women will face in a country where abortion is illegal. Like, or even, like, highly restricted, like, it's being. And, like, I guess I almost want to add this as a disclaimer, but we're not stupid. We understand people have reasons for not liking abortions. And also, how many kids in our foster care system right now end up falling into the like, bad side of everything. I mean, they're not well taken care of, and there are numerous horror stories of kids going into foster homes and being neglected or abused, and Mm -hmm. even if if they bounce from house to house to house to house, I mean, I don't know the direct statistics, but it's pretty high that children in foster care are, you know, pretty revolving door of getting into trouble. Yeah, no, um, I, I have a foster brother. Exactly. And he, he is, like, not only, I mean, he and he had a shitty childhood. He had an incredibly shitty childhood because he had a mom who should not have had any kids, much less him and his brothers and sisters. Um, and not only was it, like, like, a revolving door of getting into trouble, but emotionally stunted. Like, yeah, emotionally oh, yeah. stunted. Well, because you're also wondering your entire life, like, what the hell is wrong with me, I feel like. I mean... What what the what what happened to me and why am I being put in the situation of mm-hmm. not being with my mom or dad? Yes, and it's gonna always have some psychological, you know, issues going on. And I know someone who was a part of the foster care system, and um, she was put into a foster care a foster home that um, she was eventually adopted, but was not did not have the greatest. Um, no. Uh, adoptive parents um and uh even the family that she lived with and grew up with and she called these people mom and dad Mm -hmm. I mean I'm not gonna go into details about it but she had a pretty shitty time with these people that she called her parents yeah and they have told her that she is the way that she is because this her mom was basically crazy and oh her her adoptive her parents adoptive told her parents, that yeah. yeah oh my god and, yeah it's um, not our fault it's and and I'm sh- and I'm she's one one person out of numerous people who probably but, have heard that their entire yeah. lives something is wrong with you because your parent was bipolar or mm-hmm. crazy or schizophrenic or an alcoholic or a drug addict. Right. Exactly. Oh, I yeah. mean, banning abortions is not going to make it. Everybody's going to be like, "Oh, give them up for adoption," or "Oh, here, everybody, uh, everybody wants this baby." Like, no, no, people like, no, no. <laughs> That's the sad thing. And I mean, like, even if in five percent of cases something like that happens, that's still what, like, twenty thousand yep. kids 
yeah. going through a super shitty existence, like why are why are you fighting so hard there's for so sexual, many people to a have a miserable life? In the foster care. Yeah. There's, oh, I mean, yes, there mental, is. Physical, it's so sexual, fucked emotional, up. And yeah, I mean, what, did, what? I just don't get where these abortion laws, like banning abortion, is going to they think create a system that is going to be better because. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I totally agree with if they want to force women to have babies, then help these women take help, help take care of these babies. You said there were, what, like 443,000 yeah. kids in the foster system? Yeah, exactly. Like, you mean to tell me there's going to be enough parents out there, enough families out there? I mean, sorry, it doesn't have right. to be just parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anyone. Anybody out there to adopt. I mean, not this. that's just in the United States, too. Yeah. Like, other countries... Like, you have to think of the other exactly. kids that are in the same situation. The reality mm-hmm. of the situation is putting your used Barbie dolls in the toys for tots bins is not covering <laughs> it. <laughs> no, not no, at all. Not. not at all. As Liz has mentioned multiple times, I don't think anyone has considered the cost of this. No. The I actual cost of doing this. Cost? Like, not even thinking about what the right thing to do, which would be to increase social funding to actually provide a good life that. for these kids, but they're not going to do that. No. They're not going to do that. No. The reality that. is, it's going to cost so much money. On the large scheme of things, mm-hmm. let's think about the fact that we are going to have to give tax breaks to the foster parents, pay so many labor and delivery nurses and delivery doctors, um, then we have to pay teachers less money than they already get. The classes are going to be larger. Because the classes are going to be full, mm-hmm. so teachers will once again get pay cuts. Schools will be full. Daycares will be full. If you are a working class person, you're just absolutely fucked by this. Was it? No, working class was like, bam. We're we're in the bottom. Oh, I'm in the bottom. Yeah, y'all are having cool Irish jigs. Yes. I'm in the bottom with you. I'm right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, solidly working class. And, like, this is reality. It is. This works for nobody. And when I really think about it, I honestly, truly, can't find a reason outside of religion why this is a good idea for them. Mm-hmm. Some states, there are laws that if you file a police report, um, your rapist, of course, they would have to, you know, contact your rapist, if, you know, because you're filing a police report. Mm-hmm. If they know who your rapist is, get in contact with your rapist. But there apparently are some states that have laws basically protecting rapists to a certain extent. And if the woman gets pregnant... And she wants an abortion. Like, there are some states that have laws put in place where a woman could essentially, I don't know if it's sued or, like, stopped by the rapist, Mm. but the rapist could have a say. Oh, they can sue for, like, yeah, Yeah. for, like, parental rights. Yes. 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 Both before and, like, at, like... In the case so of abortion, and after the kids born, men going around raping women because look at all the Trump supporters back in 2016. He was going mm. around grabbing them in the pussy, and they were like, "Our president was doing it, so we're going to go around yeah. groping women." And it happened. There are states yeah. where a rapist can get parental rights, and you have to like give them visitation with their child. And then those women that say Georgia is one of them that it would be a blessing to be pregnant by someone. By a rapist, that it's a blessing coming from something so awful. Like, those women just, it baffles me why any woman would say that if I got pregnant by a man who raped me, I would keep it because it would be a blessing from a horrible situation. 
Like no, a a blessing from a horrible situation is when you get into an awful car accident, but your but house. You keep a kidney. But you keep a kidney, <laughs> or like, but it turns out that your neighbor, your house exploded, and you would have died if you had been in it. That's a blessing <laughs> from a horrible situation. <laughs> and let's see how long uh, is the adoption process like it's not like you can just walk adoption in and say really I want that, that kid and they judge they judge so much when it comes to parents who are trying to adopt yes well also do you yeah. know how many people can bamboozle I love that word how many people <laughs> can bamboozle the adoption agencies and I was listening to um, a podcast a long time ago I don't even know which one it was but there were people that were somehow getting one over on adoption agencies, adopting kids, and literally selling them on Darkwood. Oh, my oh God. God. Like, yeah, that's, you're right. We should just throw those kids out into the world and just say, bye. Like, <laughs> bye. Good luck. Good luck. You're a product of hate. <laughs> Congratulations, fastest sperm. Now you live a terrible life. So as you can see, um... These abortion bans are something that is being... Thanks for listening, guys. Check back with us next week. Uh, We can't wait for you to hear all the stuff we have coming forward. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 And that's the tea. Hunty. Stop fucking telling women what to do with their bodies. And telling women what we should and shouldn't wear to avoid rape. And just... Back the fuck off. Mm -hmm. Because we have a voice too. And we're not going anywhere. And we sell on everything that is happening right now. And for the millionth time in this last hour, if you're still (laughs) with us, abortion laws don't stop abortions. They just stop safe hospital abortions. (laughs) 